GodzillaMedia.com. Alive, surging up from the depths of the sea on a tidal wave of terror to wreak vengeance on mankind. Raging through the streets on a rampage of total destruction. The GameZilla Podcast. Is this the end of our civilization? Prepare for gaming domination. The mightiest monster of them all. Grimlock, the Dino 9, GameZilla. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studios, producer, the Denai Knight! This is a monumental week for GameZilla. It is? The former pseudo-current actual <laughs> CEO oh, of GameZilla Media pointed out that this week, we're celebrating the five-year anniversary of being a podcast. Yeah, that's true. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Half was, a decade. It was a shame that he called that out. Yeah, instead of someone else being more vigilant, <laughs> and it made it look like he actually pays attention and knows things. Yeah, I don't know, but whatever. You know, Credit to him, and congratulations to us. That's right. Most importantly, congratulations to us. Yeah. Tolerating each other for half a decade. But this is uh, episode 258 of the GameZilla Podcast, brought to you by... Our supporters at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. Become a patron today and help contribute to the success and growth of GameZilla Media with your financial support. With unique levels of access starting as low as $1 per month, you can vote right here on the GameZilla podcast. You get early access to the Legend of Retro's uh, Game Shark. Oh, no, no, they're... Uh, Virtual Relapse, I meant. The $5 level, which is the exclusive content level, gives you access to the Game Shark episode of The Legend of Retro, as well as the GameZilla pre-shows. So, become a patron today, patreon.com slash Media, and we appreciate your patronage. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you very much. We're moving into the news this week. We got some uh, some pretty big news, actually. So, without uh, further ado, I'm going to let uh, Dede get his soundboard under control. Here it is. The news! I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching GameZillaMedia.com. Downloading headlines. What about this monster story of yours? Download the Topic number one. Coming hot off the press here at the GameZilla Media News Show. Epic Games. We know them. Fortnite. Epic Games Store. They've been making some, uh, some noise. And they made... A purchase. They went out and bought Psionic, the creators of Rocket League. <gasps> yeah, this was um, out of out of nowhere. We there was no conversation about the Psionic thinking about selling or anything. It just kind of just happened. And Dude. so here we are. Uh, this is this is interesting for us because we are big Rocket League players. So we we discuss kind of the health of of the game and even the esports uh, league and everything. And so this happening brought a lot of questions to up for ourselves in discussion. I want to go over a couple bullet points that came from Psionic first, um, and then we can get into just our thoughts on this. So uh, first up, Rocket League has always been and always will be a community driven game. And now that we have joined forces with Epic, we will be able to serve our community in bigger and better ways. That was a quote. Um, as, these, uh, as for these changes, in the short term, Psionic claims nothing will change at all. 
In the future, it plans to bring Rocket League to the Epic Games Store and will grow the game in ways it couldn't do before. Uh, the announcement also goes on to detail as to how this will be a great this will be great for Rocket League esports ecosystem as it significantly increases its potential reach and resources, uh, and that the team at Psionic will stay the same, but will have the power and experience of Epic Games to help support it. Those were the big kind of takeaways from the from their post on their uh, Psionic forums. So, um, first off. There's a lot of hate because Verge came out. The Verge came out and said, without any confirmation from Psionic yet, that this will mean that Rocket League will leave Steam. So Psionic has come out and said, right now it's on Steam for the foreseeable future. It will be supported through Steam, and we cannot speak to speculation. So let's just kind of slide that out of the way. We don't need to hate all over this because... Our PC Master Race fanboys and fangirls can't uh, can't download an extra client. We've already had this discussion. So at least <laughs> at least from a Rocket League standpoint, I can understand why people would be upset or have concerns about it leaving Steam. It's because there is actually a really rich modding community for Rocket League players on on Steam, where there are um, add-ins that you can download for the game that have special trainings, or there's like fan-created volleyball mode and obstacle courses. There's all this modding stuff that people are doing with Rocket League, and if it moves to the Epic Games Store, Rocket League fans don't know if that's going to be restricted or taken away. Boo-hoo. Yeah, I mean, we play we play it on, on consoles, so we don't care that much. But yeah. I can understand why some of the nerdier members of the Rocket League community would be a little riled up. I will simply say this once again in this world that is starting to shape up as, as a, a giant battle of two groups right now trying to solidify an, a digital online store is do better, Steam. You should have made this purchase then. Like, I just don't have... I, I look at it from such a business standpoint that I do not have pity. I do not feel sad. Like, this is what happens when one side sleeps called Blockbuster and the other side called Netflix just blows up and knocks them out of the water. Like, this is what happens. Okay, you've been shot. You've shot yourself in the foot. You've been punched in the face multiple times. We've had this discussion, I don't even know how many times in, the, in recent months, that... Epic Games just keeps beating you at making the deal. Go out and make a deal. Go out and do something and show me that you're actually trying because right now, I don't think you're even trying. So don't get upset if they leave Steam because Valve isn't doing anything to even try to keep them there. I'm sorry. Like, that's it. All right, I really, And I also really don't think it's going to be removed from Steam. Uh, I, th I think it's going to live in both ecosystems because they're trying to cr to cultivate a growing player base. Yeah, and I, I don't think they're just going to pull the plug on people. I think they're going to maybe incentivize or encourage people to switch to playing it through the Epic Game Store. But I, I, I think everyone's all doom and gloom that plays this on the PC for no reason. There's no reason to be concerned about it yet. If Epic was smart and Psionic was smart, they would just kind of take a page out of Microsoft's book. Microsoft's made some big purchases, and then they just they still sit there and share Minecraft with everybody. Yeah. They still sit there and share these games out, and guess what they're doing by doing that? 
they're making money. So, like, yeah. even if it sits on Steam, Epic's making money off of Steam. It still works. I, so, but you're right. I, they definitely are going to put incentives as to why you want to come play it on their platform. Uh, I think it's, it's something we'll talk about later. I think you may be able to get uh, different versions of Rocket League. There, I think there'll be a different version of it on the Epic Game Store. Okay, so let's just get into my this first question then. What does this mean for Rocket League? So maybe that can lead you into this question. What well, what does this mean yeah. for a game that is, God, how old is Rocket League? Is it five years old now? Is it that old? Even like like even before it was called Rocket League. Well, it's super automatic, turbo, awesome battle cars or whatever. Yeah, uh, like it's an aging game that has seen a drop off in its player base. Yep. You know, um, it's esports it, is what in its uh, eighth season. I think they're currently in either, either season competitive season seven or eight. Yeah, and it, I think it's like two seasons a year. So it's okay. it's not an annual. It's because to me it was like, man, wait, we're already in another season. I thought that last one just ended. It seems like they're they do a lot of championship seasons. All right, so. so give me give me your thoughts on what this means for Rocket League. Well, what I was getting at is I think we could see a free to play version of Rocket League on the Epic Game Store. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if maybe that's the only place you can get the free-to-play version at first. Uh, it's just Epic has experience with monetizing uh, a game that is universally popular to a lot of people. Rocket League is a game that can appeal to so, so many people because it is a unique game. It is a fun game, and it's an easy to pick up and play and learn. You can play Rocket League for a couple hours, and you have the basics down to understand the game. You can just hand people controllers, and they can play and have fun with it. Uh and I think that, you know, there was an aspect of Fortnite because it was accessible. It was sort of a cartoony shooter. It didn't, you know, off-put a lot of parents because of the violence. It, it, it was something that children and adults could play. I think Rocket League falls into that category. So I could – and after the, after the player base sort of plateaued in Rocket League, people were calling for it to go free-to-play. I think Rocket League is free-to-play in China. So there is already a precedent for how they could monetize it. And I think you could see some changes um, where you might actually have individual items for sale. Because right now, if you play Rocket League, there's esports items you can you can individually buy, which oh, is the first. Oh, I know. You know, Grim has I've his cars. Like Twenty dollars on it already because I got I've I've cloud nine my my octane out. Yeah. Wheels, decals, banners. Give it to me now. How cool would it be if when everything's set all set up and you know Epic is controlling Rocket League a bit. How cool would it be if there is a premium shop where you could go and buy that goal celebration that you wanted that was discontinued two years ago? Like, I want the Dabbing Reaper. Yeah. I might throw $10 to get the Dabbing Reaper. Yeah. Like, that's a really cool goal celebration to me, but you can't get it anymore because the crates aren't available. If you were an OG player, you're not getting the Dabbing Reaper. That was my first thought about this, is that the crates... Like, I, I complain about the crate system every day. I think I think literally every day that, that we play, you hear me complain about it. I'm like, oh, great, another crate. That's great. Just going to sit there and collect dust. If you took all of this material, like they have so many items, that's that's the advantage, right? Rocket League has released so many accessories that yeah, you could have an amazing eShop virtual, you know, store that that could rotate whatever however you want to do it. But man, would I, I like when I think of where I spend a ton of money was League of Legends and its skins and 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 you know and all sorts of like esports logos to that that I can pop up above my head in a match just to rep my team like I, I do it all so yeah that would be a huge move and again epic has 
that experience with doing this in a very, very successful way. Another thing that's important to know about the history of Rocket League, Rocket League reached the level of success on the foundation of it was free to play at release on PlayStation 4. Yeah. When the game came out, it was free to everyone that had PlayStation Plus at that time, and that set up a big player base, and it instantly created a... Uh, some interest in the game by getting so many people to just try it because you just try Rocket League and then you get hooked on it. Yeah, I um. So so just to give you these dates because we 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 brought this up and never answered it. Uh, Rocket League in its current form came out on the PlayStation Four and Windows July seventh of twenty fifteen. So it's just shy of four years. Okay. Okay. Uh, its original concept was two thousand eight and it was called Supersonic Aerobatic Rocket Powered Battle Cars. That was the name of it. And that was on the PS3. It mixed reviews, but it built like a loyal fan base, which led to Psionic to continue building through it and coming out with what was Rocket League um, in a um, like a what a beta form in 2013, and then the official Rocket League finally launched in 2015. So, I mean, it's a long time coming of what this concept is, and I think this is the. This is a great move by Psionic, a great move for Epic, just for them securing another another IP that's important and relevant currently. But how they can refresh this game in so many ways. And like you said, the eShop is a very good idea. The free-to-play platform would be genius because it already has a battle pass that you can buy into. You could build a, instead of the crate system, you could shift it into a, like you said, an eShop where you know these items are a dollar here, a dollar there type deal. And some of the rarer stuff is a little bit more expensive. That w- I would spend so much money on those where I hate, hate the thought right now of buying a key. Yeah. I The only keys I buy are for my battle pass if I need them. Yep. That's the only time I buy a key. It's just not worth it to me. Like this random roll that usually lands on something for a vehicle that I don't even use or, hell, don't even own. And I'm just like, I'm not, I don't even like the gamble of this loot system where others, other games, like, I mean, I've bought loot boxes in Overwatch before, but even that's a hard sell for me. But I've done it. Here I just have, there's no way. I'm just not interested. You turn that into an eShop, I'm going to spend money. I'm more likely no to spend $5 on a really cool skin or a paint job for the car than I am to buy five keys in a hope of getting a paint job for a car. Next up, my here's my next piece for this. Yeah. What does this mean for Rocket League? I was super happy that they brought crossplay in, mm-hmm. but it is archaic and, and real janky. Yeah. Epic has already offered their cross their crossplay system free to anyone that wants to use it. Now these two are together. What can Epic do to help Psionic make it where my battle pass is cross-progression? I, I play on the Switch. I switch over to my PS4. I hop over to my PC. It doesn't matter. If I'm a level 25 here, I'm a level 25 there. And, and, and my purchases, when I buy the DeLorean, when I get the Jurassic Park vehicle, when I'm, when I'm doing the Batmobile, it doesn't matter. If I buy them on the Switch, I can use them somewhere else. That is what Fortnite is. Like, if you give me that, that's great. And then the final thought of it is Epic managed to get Fortnite to play on a mobile phone. Yeah. What can you do with Rocket League? 
It seems doable. It's, it's, it does seem doable. Especially with the way phones are advancing. I mean, it's playable on the Switch. And remember how ugly Rocket League got, was when it first dropped on the Switch? Like, it was an ugly game. So even if it yeah, drops on a phone wrong. and it looks kind of ugly, they'll patch it. They'll clean it up over time. Like, it's super doable for them to do. Um, Grim, do you think that Rocket League... Uh, teaming with Epic is going to be Epic's key to success in esports because we know that the Fortnite has had trouble gaining ground in the esports world. Not that Rocket League has been the biggest esports scene, but it does have an it has a esports scene, right? Yeah. And so I think the two coming together can they can learn from each other for sure. I think they're both going to be able to pull something away from this relationship. But I think Rocket League having the money and the power that Epic has can can put it on a bigger platform, bigger venues, better better reach. But at the same time, the the experience that Rocket League has with the leagues and 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 forming organizations and and you know trying these things could help Epic in a way as well. Um, there is an interesting comment that I am going to pull from the uh, the Twitch chat, so I want to give a shout out to Player One Miggy. Uh, he did say, "Guys, you're missing the big picture," and this makes a lot of sense. A Fortnite Rocket League crossover event. Mm. Fortnite has vehicles. They're they're goofy, but they have vehicles. Oh. Could like could that could you imagine a Fortnite game fifty v fifty? Everybody in a Rocket League car, and the goal is to get the soccer ball in the other person's zone or something like that. I mean, like you could have some crazy event like that that would be really cool. True. Um. You, you know, and and then what could Fortnite bring over to uh you know to Rocket League? Obviously, skins and things like that would be cool. You, people are already saying that I want a pinata, uh, you know, on top of my car, stuff like that. That that's day one. Like that's that's stuff that you could see happen probably really quick. Yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, that's that's a good point. Is that Fortnite really enjoys the the crossover events with with big franchises? Now they have another franchise under their belt that they can do some fun stuff with. Very true. And I think I think uh, we've seen. Epic do a great job with continuous updates of Fortnite. Fortnite is always evolving, always growing, and always being updated. This might mean more frequent updates. That might mean a little more cash flow going into Rocket League to continue to help it grow. More frequent patching and you know more more content. They're do they've done great over the last year with giving us the Rocket Pass. I think all Rocket League fans have really been enjoying the ability to uh, get loot and know what you're going to get. It's you know works the same way as the passes do in every other game. And I think uh, we're going to see maybe more game modes added and things like that. I think it's going to maybe more in-game events. Yeah, the new more in-game events is definitely something I could see. The The thing about uh, Rocket League is they already do a really, really good job with their battle pass. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the most addicting battle passes for me where I feel like every level I'm kind of excited on what, what I might get. Um, where I've played other games... You know, unfortunately, like Apex Legends, where the battle pass has been very lackluster, Fortnite has been great when it comes to their battle pass. So, you know, this this collaboration, I, I don't that part they're pretty even to me. I, I don't know how one could really help the other in that, but you know, we'll see what what comes up. The only thing I can imagine is now your battle pass in Rocket League might have some Fortnite things in it, and maybe vice versa. So, um. You know, when's the first time you're going to be able to fly in Fortnite with your glider that is some sort of Rocket League vehicle? Yeah. I don't know. Um, my next question, and we can we can kind of wrap this up, is 
what do you want to see happen the most? Like, what's the th- what's the one thing out of this this deal that's being made that you think could and, and doesn't have to be necessarily psionics advantage? You could you could pick epic side, whatever it is. What's the one thing you want to see happen the most out of this transaction? I want to see Rocket League grow as a game and as an esport. If again, if it goes free to play. All those kids that are obsessed with Fortnite, if you give them the chance to play Rocket League, it's going to help a new generation of Rocket League players adapt to the game. It's going to give kids an option that's not Fortnite that still doesn't really cost them anything to get in and play. I think it could flourish, and I would be really excited to see it grow as an eSport because... I think Rocket League is very fun to watch. And that's someone who likes playing the game a lot, but the action is is high-paced. The goals are exciting and fun to watch. Professional Rocket League makes your brain hurt because you're seeing such cool things. You can't even figure out how they're doing it, but it is so fun and exhilarating. And I think if that presentation is given to more people who are interested in the game, it's going to flourish and it's going to become one of the biggest esports. Yeah, you literally stole it from me. I think this is huge for both groups in the sense of, Making sure Rocket League re- kind of re-establish itself um, where it, it kind of regrows that amazing fan base that it had. Not saying it doesn't have a good fan base right now, but it has shrunk. So the big thing here is that if you make it free-to-play, which is something that you, I very well could see happening, and you start to integrate the the, cro- the events like Player One Miggy was saying, or or even just sharing the assets across the games, that right there is enough for someone playing Fortnite that ends up unlocking the glider that is the the you know the the, the Rocket League car. Does it send that kid over to tr- be like I'm gonna play Rocket I'm gonna try Rocket League out now because I play Fortnite on the PC and I already have the client. All I have to do is click this button that says install. On Rocket League, right there, and I could switch over and play it. So, how? What's the percentage of Fortnite players that end up giving Rocket League a try? And that's that's the key. There is that you could see Rocket League set all-time personal best numbers just simply because they're connected now. Yeah. And that would be. I would. I would love it. The competition would be even crazier in this game. You nailed it with the esports. You know, I love watching League of Legends, and I think it's one of the best esports. But the times that I have watched competitive Rocket League at championship level has been just nuts. And and I just don't think it it, it has the attention it deserves. And I think it definitely has room to grow and could catch fire and really become something special because the game is simplistic, yet there are tons of strategies and different metas and everything. So it is crazy to watch this game that is really just soccer with RC cars inside of a bubble, you know, and, and still it's super entertaining. I'm a soccer fan and I like watching Rocket League Championship probably more than any actual soccer game short of maybe World Cup. Yeah. I like World Cup. Outside of that, give me Rocket League competitive play. I'll get my soccer fixed that way. All right. Let us know what you think about Rocket League, about this uh, acquisition here by Epic Games. You can join the Discord, gameslowmedia.com, right at the bottom of the screen on the homepage. You click that Discord button. Talk with gamers from around the world every day for free. And uh, you'll hop in that PlayStation chat or the gaming general chat, and let's talk about this topic. But for now, we're going to move on. Topic number two, Sega. Sega! 
has uh, well done, well done. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Has uh, come out and unfortunately delivered some bad news once again because there haven't been a, <laughs> because they're Sega because they have not been on a great streak lately. Uh, lately, for twenty years. That's what I said. Lately. So, so Sega is refocusing on existing IPs in response to failing profits. Following the earning the earnings slip, Sega is gearing up to refocus on its existing IPs like Persona, Sonic, uh, Yakuza, and avoid developing too many new IPs. So, as reported by Tweaktown, Sega's fiscal year 2018 earnings saw profits drop. Seventy percent. Yeah, that's awful. It's a bit bad, uh, and that basically drops them to twenty-three million. Uh, and its road to twenty-twenty road, and it's sorry, and its road to the twenty-twenty roadmap of games earnings has fallen apart due to marketing miscalculations, too many games in development, lack of sales performance. And game delays are all reasons why are all, all issues that they're that they're blaming as to their performance. In response, Sega will focus on the previously mentioned IPs and may also throw in a few remasters, re-releases or two, and potentially bring over more of its key franchises and games from overseas, like mm, I don't know, Fantasy Star. For God's sakes, people, Sega. No. Leave it in Japan. <sighs> Sega's PC business, however, has been doing well with such releases as Yakuza Zero and Yakuza Kawami. Was it Kawami? Kawami. Uh, and Sega sees the PC market as a place for big opportunities for increased earnings, and it will continue to port its titles there. So, okay. You're doing okay in the PC. That still doesn't reference the 70% profit drop. So, uh, And then... Well, some of its titles, such as Yakuza series and uh, the mainline personas, have struck have stuck to PlayStation hardware. This new strategy affirms its new games will come to all systems, from PC to mobile, and even next-gen consoles like the PlayStation 5. As for the future, Sega has three unannounced games currently in development, and one is confirmed to be a fresh Yakuza, uh, Yakuza game. Uh, perhaps the most interesting thing here in Sega's continued focus on retail packaged games. Sega saw a 35% year-over-year increase of retail games sold, and that number rose up to 40% in North America and Europe. So they're doing a really good job selling physical over digital huh. uh, when it comes to their, their products, which is, that's odd, I don't know, Weird, considering everybody else is reporting giant digital jumps. So let's just think about this here. Sega is sitting back once again and just falling back on their, I don't know, a handful of IPs that they can sit there and call meaningful because they can't seem to just come out there and produce something that something new that people care about. They, they, they quit making hardware, they jumped out of all of that, they went third party, they were just going to focus gaming, and here we are yet again talking about Sega and piss poor performance. How do you mismanage a company for so many years through so many different people and still come out this way? Like, I just don't get it. Yeah, the problem is, is uh, the majority of Sega games are hot toilet meat. 
<laughs> Hot toilet meat. Like okay, all right. Oh, okay. Other than Sonic Mania, when was the last time you you played a Sega game and had a great time with it? So and, and just just enjoyed the quality of the experience. I'm sure that the Yakuza games are fine. I know people like the Persona games. I don't want anything to do with any of those games. So I think it's tough because. They they produce some games right, but they're not they're not the developer like yeah. they're just a publisher, and you can you can pick out a few games out there, none that I've played, but um, <laughs> case and point. I mean, man, you're right. I mean, Sonic Mania was that was that game where you're like, oh wow, maybe they're getting it though because the the way they made that game was super cool. They teamed up with fans of the franchise and let them create. They. They they really went in a different direction than you're used to seeing Sega necessarily work, and and they come out come out with a Sonic the best Sonic game that we've had in God knows how long. So twenty five years, right? So you know to to follow that up with yes, you've had uh, Persona, which has been a very popular series, and um, you know people love Yakuza. So, but again, like what else do you have? Like you can't you can't regurgitate Sonic four times a year and keep it at a quality level that people actually care about your franchise. You just can't do it. You can't make a... I mean, I guess you could make some form of Sonic once a year, but it can't be like... It can't, like you don't get a, Mario, a Super Mario game every year that is a traditional Mario game. And, and I'm sorry, but that's like... When I think Sonic, that's what you compete against. You are... You're... you're you're number two to Mario, and arguably, maybe you're not number two anymore. I don't know, but that's what you used to be. You used to be the you know second second place to Mario, all, almost always. With a few rare instances where people were like, "Man, did Sonic just beat Mario there that that one time?" And that would have been like Sonic Two for all I <laughs> like. That would have been about it. Yeah. The the problem is okay. Let's let's say that you're a child. And I am a child. I'm a man child. You're a child, and you have two friends you can play with. I do have two friends, but not three. And in you, you look, and you have one friend that has nice, new, cool toys that you've never played before, and are you just you just want to go and try. We'll call that friend Sony. They're nice, clean. Uh, they're kept indoors in in a toy box and well taken care of. And then you have your Sega friend who just has, like, three <laughs> half-broken action figures in a sandbox in the backyard, and he's like, look, I have three sandy, scratched-up, crappy action figures that are 30 years old and a couple cat turds from the, from the stray cats. Want to come play with me? No, you're going to go play with a friend that has nice new ideas and their toys all work than digging through cat crap and broken action figures with your Sega idiot. That's the truth of this. You don't want to play with cat turds and scratched-up figures that they're giving you. No one wants Sonic Forces. No one wanted that game. No one wants Sonic Generation. Man, don't forget about what was it, Sonic Knights, Sonic Colors. No one wants any of those games. And the problem, the problem here's the here's the big problem. You have all these crappy, scratched up Sonic action figures, 
And then you have a bunch of action figures that I couldn't even figure out what the hell they are. Like, I can't think of things that they make anymore that aren't Sonic or the couple other games we listed earlier. I'm like, man, Crazy Taxi hasn't been around a long time. Monkey Ball hasn't been around a long time. Like, other historic, fun Sega franchises, make a all monkey, dead. Make a Monkey Ball for Switch, i buy it day one. Day one, day no one. doubt. No doubt I would <laughs> throw down 60 bucks in a heartbeat <laughs> yep. because my wife loves Monkey Ball. Yeah. It would have to be a day one buy in our house, and we'd be playing Monkey Ball and she'd be making me feel bad because I'm awful at it. I just don't know how you are Sega and you look at what the Switch is and, and not feel like it's the perfect device to relaunch Monkey Ball. <laughs> the problem is, at this point, Nintendo's going to be like, keep your cat turds. <laughs> We're going to go play with other people. <laughs> oh, no. Poor Sega. <laughs> um, I mean, Picking I, your nose obviously, cat Fantasy Star, and I know like I, I'm beating a dead horse here, but Fantasy Star is a an MMO style, you know, an RPG, maybe not true MMO, but it was it is really a unique game that that you generate like you're still generating money in Japan and other and other regions with with Fantasy Star Online 2 that is god got to be 6 years old now or something like that and it's still kicking as a free to play game that has microtransactions and the people are buying stuff and you never released it in North America why like wh- why you, the game already exists you literally just needed to buy a server over here Copy it over and put an, put an English version of dialogue on it. That's it. I don't like. Why wouldn't you do that? There's a fan base over here. You clearly knew that when you sold how many copies of it with the Dreamcast, which was a failure, and it was still a top notch selling game for the Dreamcast, and it sold really well on the GameCube and on the Xbox. And the Xbox 360. And it was literally the same game. You just re-fucking-packaged it multiple times. You're like, this is Fantasy Star Online 1, version 2. Like, that's literally it. It was VER 2. And it was the same game with reversed maps, and we bought it and played it. I, I just don't get it. I, I don't understand. And, I mean, you got things like, where's the, when's the last Golden Axe that's been made? Dude, a, a, right now there's a revival of beat 'em up games. Yeah, bring out yeah, bring out a new Golden Axe. I mean, it can, it can honestly just give us a port of Golden Axe. <laughs> give us a good port. Give, a good port. Give us the arcade like Yars Yargo's Revenge or whatever whatever the <laughs> the sequel is that was only arcade. Yeah, give us a port of that. Yeah, and I'll play it. I'm sorry, you have a you have a decent uh, relationship with uh, Platinum Games. And a couple others, but why not just say, hey, make us a hack and slash 3D golden axe. Let's just see. It could be a giant turd for all I know. But just try. For God's sakes, just try. Okay? Man. I'm uh I'm disappointed by this news to see how, how bad they've been, how far they've fallen. But it's just oh no! You're pulling up a list of games. Yeah, I'm just trying to see some of the ones. It's that... not good, man. I, I don't know why you're doing this to yourself. Man. I mean, we could get a new vector, man, dude. But like, now is the time for Echo the Dolphin three. You could bring back Echo the Dolphin. I literally was looking at a dolphin game for PlayStation VR that looked stupid as hell, and I was like, I'm gonna buy that. It could you could have bought that from the indie developer and called it Echo three. And I'm like, whoa, Echo's back. Like, I, yeah. Echo the Dolphin, a game that's never lived up to its hype. Try to actually make it live up to its hype. 
I, I mean, bring back Chicky Chicky Boys. We played that once. I was gonna say Chicky Chicky Boys, Gunstar Heroes. Uh, I don't know this little game that you might not have heard of called Fantasy Star. Bring it back, dude. I thought you were gonna say Columns, man. Oh God, Columns. No, don't bring back Columns, please. Columns, the goat. I though. played way too much of Columns as a child, and and maybe it's why I'm such a terrible person. Dude, what about bring back 18-wheeler American Pro Trucker? Nope, I'm good. I'm good with that one, too. Uh, Didn't they do Ace Combat? Isn't that Sega? Uh, I might be wrong on that. I might be talking on my ass. Uh, I thought that was Konami or something. I don't know. I'm not really into, like, flying plane games. You know games. what? You're 100% right. It is Konami. I'm scrolling through some of these Dreamcast games. You're 100% right. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're really going down a path here, but, but essentially... Give us something that's not cat turds. <laughs> like, here's an idea. How is there a new Earthworm Jim game in development? The the uh, the official Earthworm Jim 3, even though there is an Earthworm Jim 3, they're calling this Earthworm Jim 3, but whatever. Let's not try to hurt our brains here. A real Earthworm Jim 3, created by the original people that made Earthworm Jim 1 and 2, and somehow you let them go make it an exclusive for the Intellivision Amico. Yeah, the go- the soon-to-be GOAT. Uh, Earthworm Jim, a game that honestly played better on the Sega Genesis than it did on the, on the Nintendo systems. See, Super Nintendo. You can't be mad about this because you just lit up Steam for not locking down hot exclusives. You can't be mad at the fine people at a television. They're like, we're locking down the hottest exclusive we can, <laughs> Earthworm Jim. We're locked. Yeah. Okay. Back we would up, never right. be talking about the system ever. <laughs> ever. If they weren't locking down hot exclusives. The, they, they've only locked down one hot exclusive, and the majority of the world doesn't care. It's but the first pin to fall. <laughs> It's what I care. I mean, we're going to find out that it's like a four-month exclusive and then it's going to go everywhere else and we're going to play it on the Switch. I really hope that's the case. But the fact that you let something like that happen is very much like you said, the whole Steam situation where what are you doing, Sega? What are you doing? Uh, oh, my God. I just I, I took a survey. I think we, we talked about this on the show like a month ago. Sega was ta- was all of a sudden wanted people to do this this hour long survey, and I was I was intrigued because Fantasy Star Online was topic in it. So I took this survey, and I was like, "Wow, I wonder what they're gearing up for." It was this. They literally knew that they were about to report that they lost their ass in 2018, and they're like, "Oh man, maybe we should actually listen to our fan base. Let's see if they take this hour long survey." I was probably one of three people that took your survey because it was an hour to complete. Why did you have such a complicated survey? What I was learned, very thankful that I got to that you gave me dialogue boxes to tell you how fucking screwed up you made it when you didn't bring over Fantasy Star Online. But see, no one else cares. You you brought that good point that only three people filled out the survey. So like, man, one of these three people cared about Fantasy Star. The other two just want more Sonic games. I guess we're just making more Sonic games. You're, you're not. You're probably not wrong. Mm-hmm. That's that's disappointing. But anyways, Sega. You got to do better, man. And the bottom line is you have franchises that can do some special stuff. Do you actually treat them right? Do something. I'd even be – I can't believe I'm about to say this. I'd even be interested in, like, a relaunch – you know what? They said a remaster. Remaster Sonic Adventures. I would love to see that. 
I would play a, a remaster of the original Sonic Adventures for the Dreamcast. I would not. Well, that's because you're a bad person. You are correct. <laughs> Where's Ready to Rumble? <laughs> now, Ready to Rumble? I don't Where's know. Where's Power Stone? Where is Power Stone? That's a good question. Where's the update on Shenmue 3? Everyone wants to no know. No one can't. Shenmue 3? <laughs> Shenmue 3 is not the cat turd in the, in the box. That's a human that's a human bottle of these that your that your drunk neighbor oh, dropped man. in the sandbox. This is one fucked up sandbox. Yeah, yeah, your your drunk neighbor's <laughs> crapping in your kid's sandbox to hang out with Sonic. <laughs> oh, we got to move on after that. That 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 killed it. Hey, let's play Sonic 2006. <laughs> <laughs> if you, <laughs> Yep, that that sounds like Sega right now. All right. Um, if you want to talk more about Sega, join the Discord and hop into the Gaming Journal channel. Let us know uh, what, what, what you think Sega needs to do to turn it around. More <sighs> Crazy Taxi. Three crazy minutes. I play, I play Crazy Taxi. I, I literally played Crazy Taxi on Friday. I would play a new Crazy Taxi for sure on the Switch again. All right. Topic number three. Activision's coming out and renouncing the first five Call of Duty League teams. Now, I have a couple questions for it's you. Godly. That's right. I have a couple questions for you about this more than necessarily the news. But I'm going to give you some bullet points, and then we're going to talk about it. Okay. Okay. So the bullet points are Activision announced that the city of Atlanta, Dallas, New York, Paris, and Toronto will all have teams that compete in the new global Call of Duty World League. Atlanta's team will be owned by Atlanta Esports Ventures, the Dallas team by Envy Gaming, New York team by Sterling VC, uh, Paris team by Con Contact Gaming, and Toronto team by Overactive Media. The structure of the league and city-based team franchises is akin to the Overwatch League, which Activision Blizzard has experienced solid success over the last year. According to Engadget, the franchise fee for entering a Call of Duty team into the league is $25 million. Chump change. Which puts it in range of the original Overwatch League of $20 million. Since then, the Overwatch League has increased uh, to between 30 and $60 million per team slot. Uh, the league will not begin until 2020, and so it is currently unclear as to which Call of Duty title will be used for the sport. Further, further team owners are due to announce later in the year. Um, and just to give you an idea, we are expecting the next Call of Duty announcement, which will be the uh, Inf in, um, Infinity Ward uh, version, because right now we're on the Treyarch version uh, for the developers. It will be happening around June 30th, the announcement of the new Call of Duty game. So, those are the facts. Now, my question is, because I have not been a very big supporter of the Overwatch League. Because it's unwatchable? <laughs> That's one reason. Okay. But um, for the people that don't know, either Activision controls owns Call of Duty... Uh, and Activision Blizzard obviously owns Overwatch, so you're in the same family here, so that's why we're seeing some of this similar setup. But are we kind of getting this oversaturation of esports and, like, every single game having to have, like, its own, like, identity of teams? Like, the thing I like about, like, League of Legends 
is like the organization can like I liked Cloud Nine because it's like all right if I like Cloud Nine playing League of Legends, I go to their website and I can be like ooh Cloud Nine plays Rocket League, ooh Cloud Nine plays CS:GO, and I can jump around and have my one organization that I really am a fan of multiple games. Instead, they want to fake this like. New York team that they're going to have that technically through back doors is actually Cloud9, but they can't be called Cloud9 because they have to have their own identity, which that identity also has to be different in Overwatch. So the New York team there is different, even though when you tie it all back, it ends up in the same place. I just, I don't like it. And and to me, I'm kind of like, okay, first of all, if you're going to have this and, you're, and two of your games are both Activision, Activision Blizzard... Then the Dallas team and the New York team should just be the same organization. You should give the, you should at least give them the option where the the. And I know this is Dallas, but I'm just gonna give the example of uh, of the Houston Outlaws, which are, you know is for Overwatch. Like, you, the, the the Call of Duty team should just be the Houston Outlaws. Like, start actually branding these franchises that they're part of multiple of your games i think that's just stronger it's just stronger than me having to figure out like oh well there's the houston outlaws and then the houston in-laws like i, I don't know right <laughs> yeah, yeah right like i'm just obviously that's ridiculous that's stupid but yeah. you get my idea i just don't like that on top of here you are call of duty you're you're just kind of rebuilding your brand off of a couple bad games in a row that really weren't anything special that definitely didn't spawn esports off of them at any high level, and now you're gonna go and try to launch this like brand new league and charge twenty five million dollars per team, five million dollars more per team than Overwatch, a game that actually had ton of hype, and this is for a league that people are buying into right now. There's five teams that bought into this already that we don't even know what game they're going to play when the league launches. Because Call of Duty has to release a new game every year where somehow Overwatch just runs on the same game for multiple years, and League of Legends has been running the same game for years. So, like, I, the, the business model here doesn't make any sense to me either. So what, they're going to start playing Black Ops 3, and then a year later they're going to have to play Modern Warfare 5, and then a year after that they're going to have to play World at War 52, and then a year after that, like, I don't, that, no, I, I'm not, I don't think that's it. Like, you need to, Call of Duty needs to change its business model to being a, a service, you know, a game as a service, and actually just evolve over time and allow it to build a league and a build a community that that wants something like that just like every other game right now that is literally using that business model am i crazy though does this too it's too much it, it is too much and i agree with you the the whole fake city thing and the, the, it just when real when uh, real okay when traditional sports teams were founded it's, it is a regional thing. You have people show up to the games. It was a system that existed before television for most major sports. So it made sense to have a regional team that that was your team you live close to, so you support. Esports is going. It instantly becomes a global thing. Your league launches day one. And you're not limited to people within a specific region being able to go and attend a game or watch it on a traditional TV station or listen to it on a radio station. You launch a, a team and then people in China, 
people in Germany, people in Canada can all watch at the exact same time and have the same experience. So trying to make these fake regions doesn't make any, these fake local teams doesn't make any sense. You would be better with capitalizing on brands that already exist. So maybe it is they're trying to control the branding. They don't want Cloud9 to make money off, you know, their name in their league. They want to control that merchandising. They want to control that name. But I think that hurts the growth of the brand by trying to choke that out. Yeah, and I know that they're trying they're trying to actually bring these teams to their regions and make and allow them to play at, have home games and allow them to actually start doing this, but it's weird like that you're doing that in season 2 and that like and it, that it took you a whole year to figure it out and, mm-hmm. and to me it's like why not just wait until you had it ready in the first place instead of having a Paris team, you know, that that lived in California and played at the California Arena all season. You know, like to me, and then even if you are playing at home, are you, you're literally going to have a team fly to Paris every week, so every other week or whatever, to have a home game for the Paris team. Like that seems crazy. Can I tell you? Like in the football league, NFL does that what twice a season, maybe yeah, they, have a they do. Game. Yeah, they do the European game, and that's and that that's more recent. Can they? I do this all the time, and it's got to be annoying for some some of the people that listen to this podcast. But can I tell you whose model they should steal to make this work? Sure. The WWE. Take it and have it be a mo- like a monthly tour stop. This or the, Every other weekend or whatever, they're in a different major city taking all their teams. They're setting up a venue, selling tickets, and getting people to show up. If they're in, if they're in San Diego one week, and then the next week they're in Seattle, and then the next week they're in Chicago, and the next week they're in New York, guess what you're going to do? People are going to show up to your event. You're going to have hyped up crowds and people are going to have fun and it's going to grow because that's the model that wrestling does. They travel and, and people show up for it. That is actually genius because when you think about it, like league doesn't always do that, but league does it during the championships, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they'll do it in Boston or Toronto or something like that. And so, if you did that with your with your actual just league, it could be Call of Duty, it could be CS:GO, it could be the games that I don't care about, but because they came to Detroit or even close by, we'd probably go. I would go because it's a gaming event that I that right now. I don't get to go to so many of them every year because there really isn't anything around me. So I have to travel out to something crazy in order to, to even experience it. But yeah, if you actually built that, then then you get to build your the the infrastructure like league, right? They they go into a uh, into a facility, uh, hockey, basketball arena, whatever, and they have all of their own gear, all their own stuff. So their their environment is is their own. They don't, they don't have to worry about, like, well, you know, is it going to work here? Like, they're literally bringing it with them. So the fact of the matter is that you could build that where, yeah, you're traveling around and you're taking everything with you and, and it's a closed circuit. You don't have to rely on, you know, um, a team playing in New York and a team playing in California and, and, and ping times and all that type of – no, you don't have to worry about that because it's closed. It's, it's all done here on your systems local. And so – I actually love that idea because, yeah, things could come to town that I would have never traveled for to go see, and I would buy tickets in a heartbeat. If you told, again, I don't play COD at all, but if you were like, listen, Deadite, the COD, you know, this COD's coming in two weeks. They're going to be at 
whatever arena or venue, like I'm going to go, tickets are 20 bucks. You want to go with me? I'd probably go just to be at a gaming event. And I think there's enough people that like the game and like gaming events that would show out for this stuff because it's only going to come to each city uh, once a year, every other year. Like you're not going to have a ton of stops along the way. It just it just seems like that model would make so much sense for an esport to grow from. Yeah, yeah. No, I I 100 agree. That's actually a really good thought. I'm I'm a fan. Anybody anybody listening over there? Overwatch League, Call of Duty League, CS:GO League, Rocket League. Listen to Dead Eye here. He's got a good idea. Just rip off wrestling. You know what? Even if it wasn't pro, a lot of these teams have their their academy league mm-hmm. that I never watch. I don't think I ever never think about like their their junior league, their academy league, whatever they want to call it. What if they cycled around? Yeah, yeah, I'd still go. I'd yeah. be like, yeah, that'd still be a cool event, especially to see like some of the up and coming stars of of those different franchises. There's a, there's enough venues throughout the country, either be it small sports arena like we have U.S. Hockey Arena here where the U.S. Yeah. team plays. It's a small hockey arena that seats a few thousand, or you could even go to. Clubs that would normally play music and, ha- and people would watch the people up on stage. It would be fun and it could be just an inexpensive yeah. good time and it would it would draw some hype for the games. Yeah, there you have it. All right, we're going to move on to our Patreon news topic of the week. Every week you can go over to GameZillaMedia.com. Well, actually, sorry, I lied. You can go to Patreon.com slash GameZillaMedia. And if you are a patron, you can vote on a topic that we are going to talk about on the show every week, and this week, you voted, we, we saw it, and it is a Halo Master Chief Collection is coming to the PC, and it will have cross-progression between PC and Xbox. So, um, it's finally headed to the PC, which we have been hearing for a long time, it's been taking, it's taken forever, but the Master Chief Collection will hit there, and it will have cross-progression with the Xbox One version, and... While it won't be ready at launch, cross-play might, uh, might be in the future for this game. So, uh, the, the interesting thing here is we just talked about how Rocket League, how earlier in the show we wanted Rocket League to have the progression or the sharing of, of battle passes and, and levels and stuff like that. Here's a game that's been out for quite a while on the Xbox, and now it's finally making its way to... Um, the PC. If you're not familiar with the Master Chief Collection, it is your it is remasters of your old Halo, Halo Two, Halo Three, uh, ODST. I think is in, in there. Um, I don't know if Reach is in there. I can't remember. It's been a while. But anyways, it is. Uh, it's an impressive collection that that was plagued with bugs and issues out the gate. But they've but the team has never given up on the game, and they've continuously patched it and improved it, and and really just. You know, it's a good story of a developer that just didn't stop. And this is three four three Industries. You know, the the late the company right now that's in charge of the of the Halo franchise after Bungie left. And I, I am pretty impressed with the fact that they they didn't just give up and move on. They they really stuck to it and and made it a um, yeah made it a made it a good collection of of such an important franchise for the Xbox. But cross progression on a game like this just shows that. Here's th- like this that wasn't built into this game out the gate. Like th- there had to, there was a decent amount of work put into this to make this actually happen. Where you could now the the work you're putting into it on the Xbox side 
is paying off and you can pick up and continue on the PC side, that's cool. Especially this remaster, like, we were impressed what it could do on the Xbox. Imagine what it could do on an impressive PC uh, with, with with the the remaster works. And it's cool. You can, a lot of these games, you can pause them and you can actually, like, toggle the original versus the remaster and see the variants and everything. So it will be interesting to see people post the PC side of this, how good it can actually look um, with these functionalities. But it just gets me to think, like, this is another example of Xbox just going going above and beyond. Just kind of, just kind of like they've, in all honesty, they've invested too much into this project. But the fact that they never gave up makes me want to support them, and that's mm-hmm. an interesting thing. Sometimes you think about a game and you're like, "All right, guys, it's probably time to just bail on Anthem and let it die." <laughs> and and uh, you know we're watching as EA uh, is moving Bioware leads off of Anthem to go work on uh, Dragon Age Four. You know, and, and people are like, "Oh, Anthem's dead," and they're like, "No, no, no, Anthem's not dead. We're just moving our best people off of Anthem, but people are still working on Anthem, <laughs> right?" But here Ooh. instead, you're still keeping people from three four three who's trying to work on Halo Infinite, and you're still pumping out a ton of. Um, patches and free DLC as an apology and things like that, that you know to this game that you can go pick off off a shelf for like eight bucks now used. Yeah. So I really like that, and it's just again it goes to show you Microsoft's just just energy and will to deliver a product that it, it that it knows the fans want no matter the cost, and sometimes that might not be the best business model. But it wins people over, and that's what I've started to notice with Xbox is that it's won me over with just how many things they've done recently, and this is just another example. Microsoft continues to show that they're committed to their fans and their players more than they're committed to even at sometimes what would be their best interest right here and now. They're, Microsoft's playing the long game. Microsoft messed up four years ago when the when the Xbox One came out and it isolated its fans and they've been working hard every single step of the way to play the long game to show people that Microsoft cares about their players and this is just another example of that. Yeah, and I think you're, you know, I, I honestly think this, you're right. This is the long game of, of this too where we're right around the corner of learning about the new Xbox which I believe we're also going to find out the Halo Infinite is a launch title. I mean, you're really trying to. I think it'll come out four months uh, beforehand <laughs> on, on a the, Friday. Yeah, on a Friday yeah, on the yeah. PlayStation on, on the PlayStation <laughs> yeah, on the PlayStation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Um, I, I mean, to be fair, Microsoft is uh, willing to share their IPs with everybody. I guess so. Who knows? Maybe you're not that far off. But you heard it here first. I think they're trying to you know repair the franchise that is Halo and get everybody ready for what this next chapter is with Infinite and and really I think kind of take that next step for Halo with Infinite being what sounds like a game as a service which is very interesting. Um but instead of just you know what their last like Halo 5 was hit and miss, right? The, the some people definitely enjoyed the multiplayer. The story was was a mess, and and because of it, it just it didn't really have that 
the life cycle that I think they expected it to have. And so Master Chief Collection is that answer for them to keep the the name Halo relevant in people's minds as we move into E3, as we get ready to find out about the Xbox, uh, you know, and and everything that's going to be coming out with this next generation of games. But you know, as much shit as I've given three four three Industries since they've taken over the Halo uh, product, this is this is just continuously good news for them. Um, we got to see when it comes out on PC, if it actually runs well, like the, I don't want to see this version hit the PC and I have a bunch of new bugs, you know, like I feel like you've had enough time to work through a lot of this beforehand. Let's just have a clean launch here. But, and I think they will. And with that being said, this is a good job. This is, this is very, very good job. Um, and it also gives me hope that if this team can prove that you can do that to a game that's this old, that had no... I mean, uh, Play Anywhere by Xbox didn't exist when this game came out. You know, I don't even, you know, who knows it, how, if Xbox was even talking about the Play Anywhere initiative at that point. So here's a product that you took and you somehow managed to make it work with cross-progression. What does that mean moving forward in an Xbox environment that seems to be opening up more and more as time goes on, what they could do with past games as far as that goes within uh, the Gears franchise, Forza franchise, whatever franchise it is, what can they do with other games? And what does it mean for the future of Xbox as far as cross-play, cross-progression, and cross-purchase? Yeah. I don't know. I, I I joked about you in the pre-show today. We talked about put PS5 and things like that, and you did make the jo- a joke about if uh, you're uh, not a joke. You made a statement that if you're not impressed with Sony, that you could ju- you could jump to Xbox, and, and and I think the reason why that even came out of your mouth is because in the last let's say three years, Microsoft has done it time and time again where they've really come out and and won people over. They they've gone out and said things that maybe it didn't make them go sell and take over the number one spot this generation in, in hardware sales. But they definitely were like, wow, I can go back and play Xbox One games. Oh, wow, I can, you know, stream stream games easier than ever directly through my Xbox. Oh, I can I can share. Like, there's, there's so many additions with the Game Pass and the Play Anywhere and, and all that stuff, the backwards compatibility that just keeps adding value to that, to that uh the company and and the product, so yeah, I uh, I look forward to seeing where it's going. This is something that um, I'm interested in, and they continuously pull me back to the Master Chief Collection by doing this. Where I every time I think I'm about done, ever like I'll probably never play that again type deal. I end up throwing it back in my system, patching it, updating it because I want to see what else they've done. And I think it's similar to No Man's Sky. Like No Man's Sky, which was a disaster, and then they just kept working on it and kept working on it to the point where I went back to it because I was like, I gotta see how much work they've put into this to try to resurrect it. Any last comments on that? You good? I think I'm good. I think you you covered it. All right. Yeah. Well, that's our Patreon news topic. Uh, again, Patreon.com/slash/GameZilla Media. You can see all the perks you can pick up right from that site uh, for as little as $1. And uh, we appreciate all the support we get. Thank you so much. That's been our attack on the news. For these topics and much more, visit gameslowmedia.com where you can read the blog, you can watch the YouTube videos, 
You can just hop in the Discord and talk with us every day. However it is you like to get your content, we got it there. Podcasts and everything else. It's time for our Zilla update. Yeah, Zilla update! Man, so... I have a couple things. Just a couple. Oh, of course, things. you always get you always get a couple. Yeah, I got well one of them super quick. Uh, first garage sale of the season. Yeah, hit gold, sort of gold. I hit copper. <laughs> I got a hit gold. Uh, yeah, gold is fool's gold. Yeah, like gold would be like I got a rare cartridge for a dollar. Like that's hitting gold. Yeah. This was this is I I went home with metal that's worth money. I got a PlayStation Two for four dollars. <laughs> And it works. Yeah. It didn't have any controllers or the video cable, but it had a power cable. I powered it on. That's what I played my crazy taxi on. And I was like, all right, a spare PS2 for four bucks. Can't beat it. And it was uh, an original PS2, the, yeah. bigger, the bigger one. The fat boy. Fat boy, yeah. So, you know, it, you know, there was also a Kinect camera there for $3, but I don't own a 360, so. Ooh, man. Should have told me I need one. Do you really? I mean, I don't have one, but I don't know that I want one. So, I mean, I should have bought it and brought it here and gave it to you as a gift. Oh, it, would have that been better or worse than the off-brand Crocs I gave you? Better. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> okay, well, see so we stand with, with off-brand Crocs. All right, so that's story number one. What story else number one. Story number two is uh, I have achieved something magnificent in what feels like the most fraudulent way. Oh, Okay. You are sitting in the room with a platinum Rocket League player. Oh my god! <laughs> I am a platinum. Oh. I am a platinum Rocket League player, and no one can take that away from me. Mm-hmm. I earned platinum. Tell them about the asterisk that's right up in the corner. I earned platinum playing Rumble Mode. There's an exception. There's an exceptional <laughs> icon above you. That's why I said I did. I achieved something great in the most fraudulent way. Exactly. Uh, so if if you're not familiar with what Rumble Mode is in Rocket League. It is uh, a three-on-three game where you get power-ups. Every 10 seconds, you can you can generate a power-up, and it could be uh, a, a suction cup, like a plunger that grabs the ball for you, a hook shot that brings you towards the ball, or a tornado that throws the ball around, or spikes that stick the ball to your car. You, there's just it's just it's a chaotic, crazy mode, and it's fun to play every once in a while. But understanding like. This is kind of dumb. Like the skill level of playing rumble mode is much lower. You can do some cool tricks if you know how to use the tools. But again, it's it, it takes less skill to do. So there was challenges. You know, part of the new Rocket Pass, there's now six challenges every single week. And one of them was play like five games of rumble. I was like, okay, rumble's fun enough, everyone. So I'll let me do it. I played my games of rumble. I was like, you know what? I, it's Rumble's technically a competitive mode. Like it's let's, only competitive. Let's yep. see how I do. And you know, I keep I keep going, and then like I have like two more competitive games to play in Rumble. I go, what's that little star by everyone's name? I go, wait a second, that's the platinum logo. I'm playing Rumble against platinum players. Now I have to finish all my placement matches. And boom, <laughs> I got dropped into platinum two, and I was like, I will never achieve this in regular. <laughs> standard play but i did it in rumble and i'm like now i just need to keep going at it and i can earn platinum rewards that make me look like a good player then i crushed your dreams i still think i could win 40 platinum rumble matches in a week is that all we have left is a it's week? like a week or two it's like mid mid this month so oh, i think I we have like to, 10 days left or so i gotta put some time in then because i haven't even got my my silver rewards and normal um you know um uh, 
reputable. Oh, why don't you go bragging? Because you're not league. bronze like me. Yeah, got knocked back down to bronze. Yeah, I can't play with bronze players. Sorry. Yeah, because bronze players are all glue eaters like me. <laughs> I'm seriously, seriously, bronze. If you get placed in bronze in Rocket League, it's like being in purgatory. It is. It's all those children that I was like, it'd be great if it's free to play so little kids can play this game. That's all the bronze players. Bronze players are glue eaters. They, they, they like paint eaters. Yeah, like they're, they're clay like, eaters. Yeah, like 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 the kid eating dirt on the playground. The kid playing with the Sega cat turds is the people that are playing Rocket League Bronze. He couldn't afford anything else. He still runs a Sega Genesis. Like, when I'm playing Bronze, I don't know how it is that the other team always seems like a duo of human beings that have yeah. a functional level of IQ and then like my teammate is like probably just slapping their wiener against the controller <laughs> trying to figure out what a video game is. It's painful and I'm stuck there. I made it into silver and then I had teammates that were just scoring on ourselves like own goaling knocked me down to bronze and I'm like well I guess I'm just going to go huff some paint in the basement now because I got to get on everyone else's level. <laughs> oh god. Man, Grim, you need to get me out of bronze, man. man. You need to, you yeah. need to drop the rope from your gold helicopter or silver helicopter. Yeah, I'll say it's not here. gold yet. I'm See, like two wins away from gold. Yeah, you got. That's why I'm scared to play with you. No, you know <laughs> we are a good Rocket League team together. Yeah, we generally are. Normally, yeah, most of the time. Not that, not that scoring goals on yourself makes you a glue eater. If there's anyone in our Twitch chat right now, I'm not trying to be mean to someone who always scores goals on his own team. <laughs> Yep, yep, nope, nobody that we Not know Not singling out one of our friends we mm -hmm. play with every day who's notorious for doing it, who we love very much. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, He's man. not a glue eater. Right. Just the people I rando Something with. Something like that. He um, does have a lot of glue, though, and he does paint a lot of things. I'm seeing a trend. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yeah. Man, that airbrush that sprays paint, I wonder yeah, what he does with it for yeah, real. Maybe he huffs. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Theories about our friends. Uh, that's your gaming moment of the week. I, yeah. I don't I don't think I have a gaming moment of the week that's anything really worth talking about. I played uh you know, I played some Rocket League uh double XP weekend, but nothing crazy. I, I went wild. <laughs> yeah, I mean I played um oh I guess my I guess my um my game moment of the week would be Mortal Kombat because I finally started playing online. Yeah. And um, it started off a little rough, uh, but but then I ended up getting in some matches because I feel like the matchmaking is all over the place in this game. But I finally matched up against somebody that uh, we were very evenly matched, and it came down to, like, last hitting, and, and, and they kept rematching me. So last hitting across, like, six matches. Every single match was coming down to, like, who's going to get the last hit. It was so balanced. And I was trying to, to the point where I was trying to adapt my play style to gain an advantage on him based off of, like, what I was seeing match after match. And it worked It worked for a couple, but then he shifted a little bit, and it threw me off. And so we just kind of kept going back and forth, but it was a lot of fun. Um, the, you know, that was my first uh, experience with MK11 online, trying to get my uh, 50 matches in, in casual. Um, because I broke the 70% mark in the trophy count. So I'm still going for the platinum. I'm down to under 10 trophies, I believe. Or maybe I'm just above it. Maybe it's like 11, 11 trophies or something like that. But, uh, yeah, so I figured what I do now, every time I log in, I look at what's left on my trophy list, and I go, if I can achieve one, then I'm going to focus that one. But I'm finally getting down to that 
250 towers and you know things like that where i'm like oh that's just gonna take time but but yeah i had fun playing online got some wins and uh it was competitive it wasn't like i was getting destroyed everything kind of felt just like on my level and i just need to be a little bit better and and i could i could probably uh you know get get uh, a good win streak going so sub still my main but i'm i'm really enjoying jade and uh and i picked up a lot of uh surprisingly not not my normal style but uh Kotal Khan, which is yeah. more of a heavy hitter slower i'm more of the, i like the faster characters that i can just and characters that i can really go from uh, one side to the other with like an ice slide with sub or something like that jade's got her shadow jade's kick and sh- yeah i like playing as jade a lot she gets in and she's got a lot of good mix up with, with yeah. the with the staff yeah hard to predict good good range good overheads i really like playing as jade yeah so but yeah that that'd be my game of the week was some more uh, fun mk11 play now i just need to get some time in with you um rick if i'm out rick's got yeah. the game and uh, so I, I want to jump in uh, and get some King of the Hills, some group plays against AI, stuff like that that we I want to try out. Going. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our Gaming Moments of the Week. We want to know your Gaming Moments of the Week, and there's only one way you can do it, and that's hop in the Discord and start talking with us every day about video games. Gamesomedia.com, right on the homepage. Click that Discord button. Let's do it. Cool. The FBI just sent a letter to Gamezilla informing them that they have discovered new emails. Download emails from GameZilla.com. Download complete. Alright, it's time for emails here on the GameZilla Podcast. If you want your email read, you write them, we read them. Go ahead, type it out and send it to info at GameZillaMedia.com. Ask us whatever you want. Hopefully, we laid uh, you know something that's on your on your mind, on your heart when it comes to video games, and we'll talk about it. If we can integrate it into our news topics, we will. If it's something relevant to the news, but if not, we'll throw it here at the end of the show here for the email section. And this this week's email comes in from uh, the president of the West Coast chapter of the Gamezilla Loyal. Comes in from our boy Sean Flack. Kelly. What are some events that are in the calendar for GameZilla Media this year? And will any of them bring us to the West Coast? Best Coast. He means West Coasts. Uh, he says uh, conventions, etc. Anything like that. What's on, the, what's on the gaming calendar for us this year? Man. Well, um, Sean, I think our, our long reach here is that we submitted for E3, which would be bringing us back to Cali. Uh, we bring this back to the LA area, SoCal. But uh, we would be we'd be looking at uh, E3 here in June. So I mean, next month. Um, I don't like how they do their media badges. It's like last second, and then I got you have to throw everything else together real quick. And a lot of times your hotels are all booked up and stuff like that. So we'll see. Um, but if you know if that falls through, then our focus is Seattle bound in September for PAX West. We feel like that's going to be uh, probably a big um, a big show this year because it'll be after E3. You'll have uh, PlayStation, Sony, all of them really wanting to kind of hype up what they just announced a few months before. So I think uh, it could be a, a really good show. We love PAX West. We've only been one time. It was our first PAX convention, and it was so amazing um, that you know we'd really like to make a return this year uh, to PAX West. 
Outside of that, I mean, we're not doing anything crazy. We normally try to hit our League of Legends championship, uh, but we don't know where that's going to be yet. So that could uh, be near you, um, but it also could be anywhere. The The more we look at it, we haven't seen a, uh, you know, we haven't really seen a south, southern um, championship in a little bit in a little while. So I'm kind of predicting that we might we might see uh, something like a Florida or something like that this year. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, you know, we've been working on trying to figure out a plot on how we can kidnap Chops for his bachelor party to go to <laughs> New Jersey for <laughs> yeah. the Rocket League championship that's that weekend in New Jersey. We were gonna he go. doesn't play that much Rocket League. He plays yeah, a little bit. We so. were actually, so there was that real thought for about Scheme. a split second that we were going to go to that event, and then that I was like, wait, isn't that the weekend of Chops' bachelor party? And I was like, yep, yep it is. Guess we're not going. I did, I did message Chops, though, to say, hey, would you be okay if we just change all your plans and we go to New Jersey instead and uh, and go to the Rocket League? And he goes, how about a better plan? You convince them to come to my bachelor party. I was like, I'll give it a try. I thought we could sweeten the pot because also in New Jersey that weekend is the Combat Zone Wrestling Tournament of Death. See? The biggest deathmatch tournament in North America every single year. You can't see that stuff very often outside of Japan. Didn't work. He, he didn't want to go to a tournament of death for some reason. Yeah, that is disappointing. Disappointing. I thought he was a friend. Yeah, well, <laughs> we thought wrong. That's for sure. If he, was our, if he was our friend, he'd be sitting here right now. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> it, 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 hot, 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 hot take. We, hot take. We love you, Josh. Um. Yeah. No, and we'll have a great weekend uh, watching Rocket League. Off of our phones while we pretend to pay attention to you. No, I'm kidding. Um, but other than that, I think there's some local events like we'll be doing um, with the Comic Cons and stuff like that here, local in the Michigan area. But our traveling this year a little light. We're, we're you know I'd like to do PAX because uh, we didn't do we didn't do uh, I want to do PAX West because we didn't do PAX East this year. We did go PAX South to PAX South. That was a good time. Um, and I'd love to see if we could uh, secure some media badges for PAX West. That would be pretty cool. And if for some reason E3 gets back to me, then I'm going to be pushing, pushing uh, to see to, to try to make that happen. Which, if that's the case, Sean, let me know. We'll uh, we'll try to hook up and hang out. It was fun when we came out to uh, the league championships last September. We got to meet up with Sean and have a really good time. Cool. Well, that's email. So. If you want your email read next week on the GameZilla podcast, email info at GameZillaMedia.com. It's a uh, website. It is a website. And, and an email address. So as a reminder, GameZilla podcast, not the only podcast that's part of our network at GameZillaMedia.com. It's not? We have the Legend of Retro podcast, Retro Gaming, uh, all things throwback. If, uh, you know, you played games growing up, odds are they're talking about some of the games you've played taking down memory lane you're going to learn about it you're going to enjoy listening to some of the music it's a great time so listen to legend of retro podcast noobs and dragons is our dungeons and dragons tabletop gaming podcast where dm craig wk walks some noobs through their first campaign we have the last action podcast everything action movies movie blast podcast it's more of a movie variety show that takes you through uh, a movie in about 20 or 30 minutes and then of course, of course, Noiseland Arcade, our Simpsons podcast. All available at GameZillaMedia.com and everywhere else you listen to the GameZilla podcast. Spotify. 
We're all, all the shows are on Spotify now. We there. Officially through Spotify. We out there. Which means you need to go subscribe to us on Spotify. Help us out. And then iTunes, of course, five stars. Leave us a review. You know, For everybody that just recently did that, thank you so much. It's helped us out a lot. But keep doing it. Keep telling people to do it. You got someone that has an iPhone, rip it out of their hands, go there, subscribe to us, and tell them to listen. And then yeah. when they look at you crazy, be like, trust me, it's worth it. Oh, all right. Got that all out of the way. Uh, just a reminder, we have a YouTube channel. There's a lot of stuff on there, including highlights of this show, Craig WK Long Plays, all sorts of stuff going on on YouTube. So make sure you swing by, you hit that subscribe button, and hit that little bell so that you're notified every time a new video comes out from Gamesville Media. Our streamers. We got streamers on Facebook like Spidey2KX, Owl Zero. Player One, Miggy, myself, Grim the Dino. You can catch people over on Twitch. Uh, our latest, Craig WK, has started streaming during the, the mornings. He's on vacation this coming week, guys. So if you've been if you've been enjoying his stream, you're gonna have a little bit of break, but he'll be coming back and uh, picking back up uh, in a week. And then Matrix on stage. So don't forget, uh, he's on in the mornings as well, streaming all sorts of cool stuff uh, from. Uh, RPGs to old retro games and indie scene. Uh, and then, if, am I forgetting anybody? I don't know. The Deadite? Is he coming back? <laughs> no, no, I haven't streamed since September. Don't don't think I'll trying be getting to, back anytime to, soon. Trying to uh, wheel, reel you back in, man. Not going to happen. I enjoy being alone and playing video games uh, by myself. Well, the streamers page on the website is getting updated this week, so you will be able to actually get in there, see the updated list of streamers, their links to where they stream, and a rough a rough schedule of when you could probably find them online, or at least a way for you to follow them so that you're notified when they go online. Uh, lastly, we have the blog, so if you've listened to all the podcasts and you need more content, there's always blogs to read, and then the Discord where we talk about video games, movies, and everything else every day. It's free. Join the Discord. Come hang out with us. Thanks for hanging on episode 258 of the Gamesville podcast. And remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game, game on. on.